I'm going to open up this sermon series in prayer. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. God, I just pray that as we get into Scripture and as we consider Christmas narrative, Jesus, I pray that you would open our hearts. I pray for clarity. I pray that, that things that get communicated today would, would be clear, would be understood. Jesus, I pray that, that questions can be, can be asked, um, that, that, we can, that we can process through, that we can work through, and that we can come to clarity to understand your plan. And Jesus, I pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're on Slack, then you're totally welcome to join and ask questions. Today, I'm not going to be asking questions. Through this whole sermon series, I'm not going to be initiating with questions. Um, my purpose in this sermon series is actually to talk about the plan of God. I've heard it so often that God has a plan, God has a plan, and God does have a plan, and I want to talk about it. But, but sometimes when I hear about this God has a plan, sometimes it's accusatory, Sometimes people are like, oh, well, God has a plan, and, you know, he did that terrible thing on purpose. And you're just like, what? Like, what? And that doesn't work. And so today, over Christmas, I want to talk about God's plan. What God's plan is, because it's actually crystal clear in Scripture what God's plan is. And, uh, and we're, we're just going to drive into it. So Christmas tells a larger story than the one that we usually tell. I, I, want, I want to tell the biggest story that I can find, but it's challenging because we know all of our normal stories. We know how Jesus came as a cute infant, you know, and we know about the shepherds, and we know about the Christmas gifts, and we know about snow at Christmas is a fantasy. It's not actually going to happen this year, guys. Sorry. Um, we know about St. Nick, and we have our railing against the, you know, the, 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 the commercialization of the most holiest of times, and thank God they haven't touched Easter yet except for with chocolate. I like chocolate, though, so it's okay. Um, and, and so we know about all these stories. But as I was reading Scripture and I'm praying about it, I realized that we don't really know our story super well, the, the human story. What is, what is God doing with that? So if you permit me, I'm going to spend this Sunday and the next couple Sundays unpacking the, the human story. Why did God create us in the first place? Why did Jesus come? If God knew, if God only knew what was going to happen, I hear these questions all the time and increasingly in my ministry, we have this I get these feedback points from Christians and non-Christians, and, and they're just like the, the idea of God, if God knew, then God should have done something different. That accusation has come out so significantly in the past, past bunch of years. If God knew, God should have done something different. And today, I want to be diving into the cosmic story. The cosmic story of, of what is going on here. And yeah, we're going to have to engage our brains a little bit. We're going to have to drive through this. And, and we're going to have to listen for clarity. Because if we're not careful, we're going to... You're going to think that I'm stepping on some pretty big landmines, and I am not. Um, so we're going we're gonna to listen, listen there. Please join in Slack if you have any points that you're unclear. Or you're just like, wait, slow down, Pastor Rob. I need you to 
I need you to make that more clear. I need something understood here. Then please let me know in Slack because that's, that's how I know. That's the feedback that that gives me. So we're going to start in Genesis 1, verse 1. Yeah, it's Christmas. We're starting at Genesis. So let's do this because it's important. Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and it was void. And darkness covered over the face of the deep. And I love this part. And the Spirit of God was hovering. It's like a, it's like a pause. The Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a very provocative point, and then I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. The problem of evil pre-exists the creation of humanity. The problem of evil pre-exists the creation of humanity. See, the text isn't just providing a, a setting. It's not just like, here's the beginning of the story. There's a setting here. There's, there's something that's going on here. It's actually providing a reason for God's work. There's a reason about what's going on. The earth was without form, and it was void. And the hint is here in verse 2 that I said that I love. And the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters. There's a pause right here in the action. There's a pause. God is hovering. So uh, The Amplified Version says that God is brooding. It's like he's creating a plan. He's hovering over the waters. And it's, it's not just like a little lake. It's like the face of the earth is covered in this ocean of water. But in Hebrew literature, we know something about water. In Hebrew literature, water is often referred to as the lack of order. It's, it's a chaotic world. It's not ordered at all. It's, the author is telling us something about the condition of the planet. The water is chaos. It is the outcome of the rejection of God's order. The Spirit of God is hovering over the result of the rejection of God's order. We later learn in Scripture that one has fallen from heaven. Isaiah 14, 12 says, how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. Satan has rejected God's rule. God's order has and God's order, and he has been cast down onto the earth. When the book of Job was written, which is actually chronologically the book of Job was written before the book of Genesis. Just saying. That got confusing for me in my brain too. But Genesis is telling an older story. Job was written first. But we see that Satan is on earth. In Job 1, 7, the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? And Satan answered to the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. So God does have an enemy, but that enemy is not a threat to God. That enemy is be banished to earth. And so just here's one of the landmines. I'm not talking about dualism. God's enemy has been banished to earth and has wrecked chaos on earth. He, he is causing chaos. He is a problem. And so, someone just said on Slack, when the sermon starts with Genesis 1-1, I start to worry. I, I get it. I get it. 
So Satan's causing evil, he's causing chaos on earth, and it doesn't seem to take long. Now, we don't know the actual timelines. I looked all over the Bible, I read books, I tried to figure out at what point was Satan cast down. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know, but I do know that he was cast down because what we see is that, is that the Spirit of God's hovering over the face of the waters, and there's something that's, that's happening here. See, the second thing that I want to say, the problem of evil pre-exists humanity. And, and this is the second way that I'm showing it. Genesis 2, 8 and 9. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. And in the east, he put man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that's pleasant in the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Okay, there's a sure hint that the problem existed before humanity. The sure hint is there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can't, you can't create a tree of a knowledge of something that doesn't exist unless that thing actually exists. It's just good logic. So evil pre-exists. What's, what's going on? It, it pre-existed humanity, and it also clearly pre-existed the fall. The Christmas story that we're starting to lay the groundwork for starts with this truth. And, and it starts with, with this. I think we're, this is so important. You are not the problem that God was trying to solve. You are the solution. You're part of the solution. You are not the problem that God is trying to solve. You are created to be a part of the solution. God didn't pause to hover over how to fix humanity. God paused to hover over how to fix the chaotic waters. The gospel of Jesus is not first and foremost about how God wants to forgive your sins. That is actually an important part of the gospel of Jesus. And it's the second one, and we're going to get into how that works. The first reason for humanity is way bigger than that. Humanity is created to be the willing agent of God's order on earth. That's why he put us here. God put us on earth to be an agent of his order, his creative order. He's like, this is the way it is. And watch this. We're going to keep on going through Genesis. God created his a place for his order in the chaos that's overthrown the entire planet. Watch this, Genesis 1, 3, and 4. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. He's making a category distinction. He is creating order. 
He's imposing his order into the chaos that's generated through Satan's rebellion. He's making these distinctions. And he goes on, verse 9, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place. Let the dry land appear. And it was so. He's creating a space for his order to flourish. The order of God he's, is, is well and good. And, and Genesis 1 says again and again and again, this is good, this is good. He makes space that's separated from the chaos. And he works to push the influence of Satan into even smaller spaces. Satan is removed from the heavens, cast down into earth, O morning star. And now he's caused chaos on the earth. And God's like, yeah, yeah, you still have too much space. I'm pushing against you further. I'm pushing further. And so here he says, no, you're going you're gonna to do it here. And he's making a garden. And so we read the creation account in Genesis 2. And God creates a garden where the tree is placed to allow for the willing agent to continue in the willing work of God's created order. God's kingdom. God's influence over all the earth. The order God creates needed a willing agent to continue the work. And that's why we were created. That's God's plan. God created us to, to push his order throughout the whole earth. And we see it, we see this in the command that God gives Adam and Eve in Genesis 26 to 28. And this is so important to understand for understanding Christmas. This is vital for understanding Christmas. Because watch this, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, and over the, every creeping thing that comes on the earth. So, man create, so God created man in his own image. That almost was heresy. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it or have rule over it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That whole piece is to care for, to put into order, to make sure it works the way it's supposed to work, to make sure that the chaos doesn't come and overwhelm it. It is being put to order. The earth The earth wasn't perfect when God created the garden. And, and this, gets, this gets twisted in Christian theology and Christian narratives because, because what we actually do is we actually make ourselves the entire enemy of God, the entire problem, when we're like, oh, we screwed up perfection. Right? We're not that. We were created to spread that from the protected place of the garden where evil was never supposed to come in. We were always supposed to be the ones pushing God's order over the entire planet. I mean, we know how the story went. You've lived it. The trickster, the Satan, the enemy has a, has a problem with order. See, the problem with this is he's always going to break the boundaries. He's, push, he's trying to push. He's trying to attack. He's trying to do whatever. And so he, he, he comes in subtly and deceives us. So 
predictably, the chaos tries to invade God's order. Instead of Adam and Eve removing it and, and keeping the order and throwing the serpent out, saying, you don't belong in this garden, there was a partnership that was made. There's a partnership that's made, and, and, and humanity falls prey into evil by choice, by joining the rebellion. But, but the point that gets missed so often is that, is that, oh, well, it was in a perfect world and humanity created evil. No, no, no. Humanity joined it. We joined it in a rebellious way. So someone says, what does it look like in a practical way to be made in God's image? How so? What aspects of God are seen in us? It's often confused me. Being creative, having a will... In, in the context of this message, the answer is it is actually to be in partnership with God spreading his order. It is that whole piece where we are now working on the real tangible planet earth. Here we are doing the work that God established in creation, pushing order, pushing the way that he is demanding it be. We call that righteous living. In that way, we live rightly. We live the way that God commanded us to be, and we join with God. And so, this is, someone asked another really good question here, and I'm pausing for questions, which is great. What about the repetition of it was good throughout the creation week? Was it good except for the evil? I think that, that the order that God is creating is good every single time that God is, is making more order. He's like, that's good. That's the way it should be. Have you ever done that? Have you, have you ever built something and every single time you take another? I'm, I'm the type of guy that I, I, built a, I built a deck with my daughter Aaliyah in COVID in the backyard. And it's awful. Please don't stand on it. Derek already knows. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so I built this. But, but every single time we nailed down another board, I took a look back and went, ah, oh, it's good. Dang, we're doing a good job. I like it. Okay, let's keep going, Aaliyah. Aaliyah's like, I'm so tired. I'm like, keep going. <laughs> it's good, right? So we're building something, and God is building this, and he's like, it is good. It is good. So what we're doing here, I'm just going to throw us back into a recap. This big story we're in, notice that I'm telling it slightly differently. It's usually the garden is that place of perfection. And yes, garden is the order of God. And usually humanity is the problem. We fell. But the way I'm telling it is Satan started it. And Satan is working his problem and invading into humanity. And it matters for us to understand Christmas. Humanity was created to be the solution to the evil and chaos. But humanity was deceived. And here's the warning. There's a potential for us to be deceived again when we believe that we're the problem, when we actually ignore the fact that God had an enemy and has an enemy. When we think that everything that's gone wrong in your life is somehow your fault. When we, when we look at other people and just say like, oh, well, they're suffering. They must have sinned. Jesus addressed it. Read your Bible. We... we we could be deceived again 
We have to, we, we, can, we can come to believe that we are the ones that ruined perfection. We come to believe that, that it was all our choices and, and that the, only, the only existing parties are God and humanity and humanity pissed God off. Are you allowed to say that in church? I'm sorry. But, but in, in, in this, we need to understand that God had an enemy that he cast down onto earth. He's putting the enemy out of, out of heaven, purifies heaven. There's a big battle. Satan gets thrown down onto earth. And now God is purifying earth with us. But humanity was corrupted. The Bible's telling us that humanity is placed in the garden as the solution and humanity's agent to create order in the chaotic world, to reclaim our place that was lost requires Christmas. It requires reconciliation with God. It requires us to, us to be able to reclaim our place as God's intended agent. We needed a Savior. When Adam and Eve fell, that becomes human's participation in the rebellion. And Adam and Eve became corrupted by the evil and the chaos that already existed. And now they know evil intimately. They ate from the knowledge of good and evil. And they're trapped by it. Evil and chaos come flooding into the sacred space that God had created. And God removed them from the garden. Get this. God removed them from the garden so that they wouldn't live forever. Think about that. Genesis 3, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Knowing in that experience, in that, in that pain of it. Now, lest he reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat, and eat and live forever. He removed us from the garden so we didn't live in that chaos forever. And he said, I have a plan. I'm going to redeem humanity. I'm going to redeem humanity. I'm going to be the solution. So someone, someone else asked, uh, my perception's always been that evil existed, but the earth was perfect until sin entered through Satan. The evil existed, but not on uh, the created earth until we embrace it. Therefore, sin came into the world through one man, death through sin. And so death spread to all men because it's sin. I need to think on this. And I think that you're right here. And the distinction that I'm making, a very careful distinction that I'm making that is important, is evil is evil. Sin is my participation, my rebellion, my joining in with that evil. So sin comes into the world through one man. Through one man, sin is a willing participation with the rebellion of Satan. We join in and we need repentance. We need to ask for forgiveness because every single one of us does it because we didn't even, we just do it. That's what we do. I'm, I've been a Christian for a long time and trust me, I still go, oh God, forgive me. Why did I do that again? And you do too. And so sin is our participation with evil. Evil preexisted. 
So again, how does having a sinful nature play into this message? We are now born into that world where chaos and evil exists all around us and we're responding to it. We're just there looking at God's order saying, God, I don't believe that your order is going to work. Jesus, you said something foolish. You said turn the other cheek. That's so ridiculous. Why would I turn the other cheek? I'm not going to turn the other cheek. I'm going to hit the person back twice as hard so they never hit me again. Right? That's us saying our way of order is better than God's way. That's a continued rebellion. That is our sin nature. We do that. Someone says I spent the majority of my life believing that the enemy was all my fault and that no one could fix it. So we have to tell the story right. God placed humanity here to be the agent of God's order. But then we were deceived. We're tricked into thinking that all of this is our fault. And that isn't the case. Yes, you participated in it. We're tricked into berating ourselves and thinking that we're not worthy of the role that God created us for. We're tricked into, into believing that we have to fix ourselves first Purify ourselves so that we spend so much time trying to fix ourselves, trying to save, trying to clean ourselves, trying to get away from terrible things before we can come to church, before we can, you know, oh my gosh, I don't know if you've ever talked to people outside of the church who are hearing the, the Christian message and they say, oh, I can't go into church because if I walk into church, then I'm going to be struck by lightning. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? Honestly, it's been said and it's been believed that somehow humanity, or, or it's even worse, if you're a Christian, you're not the problem. If you are a non-Christian, you are the problem. What? No. God has always had a plan for humanity. And yes, humanity rebelled against God's order. And each one of us, if we are being honest, will accurately say, I too have rebelled against God's order. I too was born in a world full of chaos, and I've rebelled against God's order. But I'm hoping that today, as I lay the groundwork for New Year's Eve, or for Christmas Eve, I'm hoping today that we can acknowledge that the purpose, the plan you were created for, is to join in the order that God has established and is establishing. We look at we look at, at the Old Testament. We see that we see that again and again and again God sets in. What does God do as soon as we get into into Israel, into the Exodus? God establishes the order for which the nation his people will live by. Do this, don't do that. Live like this and you will be blessed. Don't live like this and you will not be blessed. Why? Because Israel was supposed to be the next iteration of this garden. God's presence lives in the dead center of it. And the humans live out God's order. And through Israel, all the world will be blessed. You are not created as the problem. You are created as the solution. God's solution over death, evil, and chaos. You have a role to play. Even today, in the 21st century, you have a role to play in this whole story. 
God's plan. Okay. God didn't. He didn't set out like, okay, well, Rob, you're going to work three days at McDonald's and then you're going to get fired. And then you're going to be, uh, you're going to be like uh, looking for a job for two and a half months. Sometimes we look at God's plan like, like it's uh, a dictation of your narrative. God's plan was for you to be human and you to live extending his order, living in his way, in his righteousness. And, oh man, his grace carries us through. His grace and his forgiveness carries us through. Someone said, oh, this hit home really, really hard because I stayed away from church for so long because I believed I had to better myself to bring myself to a level of being worthy before I could even begin to look at the church. Freedom in Christ is like taking a bath. You don't need to get cleaned up in order to take a bath. Similarly, a similar worry about not being baptized. I can't be baptized until I'm all good. No, Jesus came for the sick. And so this is the gospel today. The gospel today is you are part of the solution. You were created to be part of the solution, and God has shown his way through Jesus Christ. And we look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And what did he do in that? He took on the worst that evil could throw at him. And because of his faithfulness to God, his obedience to the order of God, he does only that which he sees the Father doing. Because of his obedience, God lifts him up and establishes him that his name is above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow on heaven and on earth. This is the story that Christmas enters into. The plan for humanity was to be the agent of God's order. Yeah, we, we messed that up. And God has a solution. Christmas, next Sunday, we're going to talk about how we have been invited to step into the role again. And it has something to do with a manger. God, thank you for letting me be part of your solution. Thank you for allowing me to work with you and the amazing things you are doing in the world. God, thank you that you have established my footsteps. You are establishing my way so that I live according to your righteousness, your order, the way that you see things working in your created earth. God, I thank you that, that you have overcome the evil one and that we now partner with you in pushing against the darkness and saying, not here, not now. We will see God's order established in God's way and God's timing. And thank you, Jesus, that you did not leave us as orphans, but you left us the Holy Spirit to guide us in all things. And Jesus, as we come into Christmas and we reflect back on the first time that you came, Jesus, I thank you that you are coming again. I thank you that you are coming again to finally establish your kingdom, your influence, your order. And we, God, we look forward to that. We look forward to that. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come and finish the work that we can't do all by ourselves. We need you.
Remove the evil stain and the chaos from this world and let it sit as ordered as you intended it to be. In Jesus' name, amen.